Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, and across from me is Mr. Charles, Dr. Pepper Zero Thompson. How's it going today, Chuck? The new owners of Project Veritas. We scooped right in. Oh, yeah. There we go. It's us. <laughs> We're the problem. It was us. Okay. It's me. Hi. Um, welcome. Uh, happy Tuesday, February 21st. Year of our Lord, 2023, to everyone. That's 2023. That's weird. And That what, means life's almost over. It's, it's true. It's closer. It's closer than it was yesterday. We're closer to death than mm-hmm. we were before. Each one of us. That's what we all have in common right now. We all just <laughs> got closer to death than yeah. we, are, we were earlier today. Um, anyway, we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning <laughs> here on Good Morning Liberty every single day of the week when we're we anti-death. want to. We're anti-death. That's don't like why that. we talk about life. Now we're against it. Yeah. Uh, strongly mm-hmm. against it. Um, if you would like to join the Fed Haters Club, then you can go to join GML. We need to just go ahead and buy uh, like uh, some kind of other. Uh, join GML doesn't sound very Fed Haters Club, like FHC. By the head you know? Or we can just do it at God Hates Fed, God Hates Feds.com, maybe. You can sign just up there. Put a button on there. Mm. That could be a that could be an idea. Also, anyway, we're working out the details. Yeah, Fed, unless you're a big Ray Epps fan. Yeah, then don't sign up. We don't want you here. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you love people like Ray Epps and the people that he works for or has in the past, allegedly, then uh, then don't go to GodHatesFeds.com. Well, we got a few things. Speaking of Feds, uh, we're going to mention this whole Project Veritas thing. Now, we're back and forth with Project. Every time we play a Project Veritas video, there's we, always a disclaimer. We criticize them every time because <laughs> they do uh, editorialize things quite a bit. They have an agenda. They do. Mm-hmm. Um, oddly enough, they're not supposed to have an agenda, I guess, uh, with the way it works out with their 501c3. Honestly, I know what their whole problem was. What's that? It's a nonprofit. That is a problem. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, I, I this think, is why for-profit ventures are much, much better. And I think that all, even charities, I think charities should be for-profit. That's how much I, you know who does a really good job getting stuff to millions of people? Walmart. Mm-hmm. They do a really good job at doing it. At they the take a little bit. possible price yeah. ever. Yeah, so if you want, uh, it's only if you want whatever the charitable venture is to be done in the most efficient manner possible. Then I would recommend it not being a nonprofit. It should be for-profit. Now, mm-hmm. if you want it to be kind of inefficient, and have to go around a bunch of hurdles and stuff like that. Yeah, sure. Let's keep it a nonprofit. Uh, that way, we don't hurt people's feelings. Or if you want to consume the proceeds from your own book mm-hmm. without looking like you're for profit, 
then you just set up a foundation. Dan was right. I should have said Amazon instead of Walmart. They do a really good job getting stuff to millions, maybe even billions. I don't know how many people they've served. Not always at the cheapest price, though. Not anymore, thanks to uh, antitrust lawsuits. That's Mm. great. Remember, they got sued for telling people that they couldn't offer their products at lower prices elsewhere. And the government swooped in and said, mm-mm, you can't be offering the lowest prices possible. We got we to gotta break this monopolies up. Yeah, pretty good. Um, anyway, th- so James O'Keefe out at Project Veritas. I believe he's the founder, right? Yes. Yeah, I think the, uh, the Acorn scandal thing was their first big thing. If, if anyone knows that there was one before that, but there was the acorn thing, it was around maybe when, uh, during one of the Obama elections. And, uh, if you, if you can remember one before that, let me know. They did some with Planned Parenthood, a lot of stuff. Um, I think they're going to be done. Project Veritas done after this. You were saying, what was their follower count earlier? Down to 1.2 million, I think. So they've lost like 400,000. Uh, they were what they were at one point four nine on uh, February eighth. I saw a number from there, so a couple hundred thousand uh, since so this far. whole thing happened so far. I I don't care that much except for some of these details here as it pertains to the IRS and their tax status. That's the annoying part. James O'Keefe's departure from Project Veritas came after the board of directors claimed to staff that O'Keefe had endangered the group's nonprofit status. According to documents and people familiar with the situation, which could mean nothing. Which now yeah. this journalist should be labeled a conspiracy theorist. It <laughs> could be. That's all they have on this. You know, <laughs> in a memo sent to employees last week, the board warned there is no Project Veritas without the IRS. Mm. That makes me want to throw up. It is right? gross. Referring to the IRS, which regulates nonprofits and basically anyone else who exchanges money with people. Uh, Project Veritas is registered under the 501c3 of the Internal Revenue Code, meaning it cannot engage in politics or operate for the benefit of private interest. In exchange, the group is exempt from paying federal income taxes and disclosing its donors, allowing it to build a reservoir of financial support as it seeks to expose alleged wrongdoing by journalists, liberals, labor unions, and others. Uh, they reported about $21 million raised in 2021. 21 for 21. Mm. How about that? Uh, the memo declared the board members moved earlier this month to suspend them because of concerns related to the organization's bylaws and, by extension, its good standing with the IRS. One of those was that he fired the CFO, and apparently only the board, uh, he was appoint- appointed by the board, and only the board was allowed to do that. Well, the board had to approve it, Yeah, to which they allegedly didn't. And so they say that goes against the bylaws and even, you know, how bylaws and stuff are, you got to submit the bylaws and stuff to the government, you know, and if you break your own bylaws, you can be in violation mm-hmm. of uh, penal court, uh, court seven, and they'll come at, come after you mm-hmm. afterwards. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> O'Keefe insinuated that his removal was related to the group's recent sting against FISA, the pharmaceutical giant behind the Pfizer vaccine. Project Veritas has trumpeted the operation as offering evidence that Pfizer is intentionally mutating the coronavirus to test new vaccines, prompting members of Congress to demand answers from federal health agencies based on the group's purported findings. Pfizer has defended its research methods. By the way, we're reading an article from the Washington Post, YouTube. This is a direct article 
from the Washington Post. This is just the news. Okay. Literally, verbatim, word for word, not adding anything to it. The memo from the board of directors, uh, one of several released last week, appeared aimed at tamping down that suggestion, that Pfizer suggestion. The board of directors of Project Veritas released a memo trying to slow down people's speculation about what Pfizer was doing with their vaccines, which was included in Project Veritas's reporting. Which is still on their, it's, uh, the videos on their top pinned tweet, yeah. by the way, still. They said, quote, the board has an immediate growing concern that due to the one-sided narrative currently prevalent on social media, there is significant potential for lost financial support from our donor base by making uninformed decisions about the full picture. So they had people working for Pfizer or who had <laughs> Pfizer stock Project that were also donating to Pro yes. Project Veritas, and now they're going to lose those donors. Okay. Project Veritas is worried that they will lose donors because social the social media narrative was too one-sided surrounding Project Veritas's videos claiming that Pfizer is trying to mutate COVID. Which means they're taking a political stance. I guess. Yeah. Is this the first time they could have been accused of taking a political stance <laughs> on something? Uh, the public statement issued by the board Monday accused O'Keefe of improper personal spending, but referred only to elliptically, only elliptically to concerns about the group's nonprofit status. So they mentioned some stuff. You saw something about a, there was a boat. I don't know about the thing with the boat. I watched a James, private jet flight. I watched uh, James O'Keefe's video. He mentioned a few of these things. Um, one of them had to do with him paying for a wedding venue, and they said that he used the money for like his wedding. And it turns out they used a wedding venue for a, a uh, Christmas party, Project Veritas Christmas party. He's not married. Yeah, it seems like <laughs> uh, that was pretty obvious. And then he did this thing about, uh, they said he was taking too many black cars. And he acted like he had no idea what they were talking about. He's like, I don't know why the color of the car matters. I'm like, no, they're, cl uber black. they're clearly saying that you're taking luxury cars. You took 300 luxury vehicle trips. And and that was their their problem. Also, is that against <clears throat> the rules there? No, I don't I think mean, that's against the rules at all. I got annoyed by the fact that he was acting like, I don't know what they mean by too many black cars. That doesn't make any sense. You know, clearly they're talking about Uber Black, which is a luxury version of Uber. Well, that's, that's, that's not what a, they're talking about. That's not against the IRS. You can still write that off as expenses and business expenses. That. Yeah. Yeah. And as a CEO of a company, I mean, if whatever, like... I don't see why that's an issue. So what do you think, Charlie? Now, I is it good stewardship to spend $150,000 on the luxury version of Uber? Maybe not. Mm. Maybe in some scenarios, whatever. But is that really something to remove the face of your nonprofit organization over? Like, no, no. This, I think this is suicide for Project Veritas. For them, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. This is this is not going to go well. I think whatever James O'Keefe does in the future is going to gain traction because I believe or at least appears that the people are loyal to him. Yeah. And not to Project Veritas. And there uh I think this is speculation, pure speculation. I'm not in the know on all this. I I wasn't there. Um I think this whole IRS tax status thing it's either totally made up 
or they're actually concerned about losing their tax status because the IRS called them and said, hey, I got a guy from Pfizer breathing down my neck right now. If you don't shut this dude up, we're going to take away your nonprofit status. And so now the board is saying, oh, we got all this stuff and we can't lose our nonprofit because we'll have to pay taxes and all that. Um, this could be the IRS pressuring them to try and take down the organization. Or Pfizer. Well, Pfizer could be using their friends mm -hmm. to do it. Yeah. It all does seem really strange. Mm -hmm. um, the timing is uh, the questionable. The timing is strange. Everything about it just seems strange. Now, of course, all this is pure speculation. I don't know, James. The guy could be completely mal uh, maleficent, ma malevolent. Mm -hmm. You know, either he, one of those. He could be. He could be just a jerk who is uh, just firing people at whim. No, he doesn't have any direction for the company, and it's whatever. Possibly, no mm -hmm. idea. You know, he could have. He could have had strippers on the company credit card, you know? You don't know that. Is that against the rules? <laughs> Entertainment, <laughs> you know? T and E. It's T and E. <laughs> T and A. <laughs> no, T and E. T and E. Yeah. T and E. <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah, That's what I said. $50,000 worth of sides, Jordan? But they cure cancer. The sides did cure cancer. That's why they're so expensive. Okay, sorry. We'll have to. All right. Uh, I'm going to go watch Wolf of Wall Street here in a little that's bit. so good. All right. Well, next thing, because. The, Hang on. You I skipped over the very beginning of the show. What was the very beginning? So that was the whole Project Veritas thing. Make of it what you will. Nate. Okay. Tell oh. us your bio. <laughs> this is the first on the list. You didn't that's see that? That's not what it said. <clears throat> Nate, tell us your bio in one minute or less. You got one minute starting. Hang on. Right now. Hello. I'm Nate Thurston. I'm from a small town in southern Illinois, from two small towns, actually. Kind of weird. On my dad's side, a farmer. On my mom's, a poor son of a school teacher. All right. Um, you had two different trailers. I had two different trailers. See how rich this how guy was? How many people here grew up with two trailers? All right. It's a pretty big deal. Uh, left there to play music with Charles Thompson. That's why we came down to Nashville to hang out. I uh, found... Quickly left. Yeah. We, tra we, we played music. We did some stuff. We traveled all around. We hit all the states, hit some countries, uh, playing for the Armed Forces Entertainment Tours, mm -hmm. and uh, had a good time. I don't remember most of it, but I was told it was pretty fun. Out there supporting the war. Started doing construction after that. <laughs> yeah. Important war effort. Everyone's <laughs> got to do your part. Okay. Uh, did construction after that. Uh, flipped, remodeled a bunch of different houses, uh, which is where I also got injured on the job in a few different ways. Not playing music anymore, but I found Liberty because of Ron Paul, actually. That's who it was. And so... Uh, changed then, your heart. He changed my heart. I had hate in my heart. Before, you had no blood pressure issues. Now I do. Now you do. I used to be living in blissful ignorance when it came to the world, and I kind of wish I could go back into the Matrix sometimes, as a, lot of you, uh, as a lot of you guys do, I'm sure. I don't know what else there is. We do a podcast. It's called Good Morning Liberty. Every I trade single, stocks. Every single day of the week. <laughs> that too. Been doing that since 2017 it's or something like that. It's a hell of a bio. That. 
You know what? The joke's on mm. the bullies we had when we were younger. Oh, yeah. The joke's on them, and here's why. Because everybody made fun of us being in trailers. But now... I literally got made fun of for living in the trailer. Now the rave is all these tiny home trailers that people are building. I know. Putting on Instagram. I know. We could have hooked our homes up to trucks back in the 90s. I know. We just didn't have we Instagram cool. to put it on. You know? And those things had, like, central hair, eat air and stuff, yeah. you know? I mean... A little tougher to move them around, I think. But, um... Yeah, a little... We've been okay. But we could have. Mm-hmm. Could have done that. If we needed to. Your dad's house would have been a lot... Well, your dad's trailer, sorry, would have been yeah. a lot tougher to move around. Both, like, you'd have to read, like, join it back together afterwards. <laughs> exactly. Would have been a mess. <laughs> too, way but too now hard. it's all... It's all the rave. That's I still see it. People <laughs> out there... Renovating school buses. People really and stuff. do tiny homes and all that. Yeah, oh, renovating never. renovating school buses and all kinds of stuff. They're going back to the more simple life. We got made fun of when we were kids. That's why I say jokes on them. Yep. Because yep. now we're living in houses, raving about liberty. <laughs> <laughs> jokes on them because now we live in houses. <laughs> and they're out go. getting trailers. Shows them the roles reverse. Oh, wow, the turntables. All right. Marjorie Taylor Greene yesterday said we need a national divorce. She just got done with a divorce. She was like, if I can't have marriage, no one else can. <laughs> we need to separate. Is she still in office? She is still in office. Okay. Uh, she said we need to separate by red states and blue states and shrink the federal government. Now, if we separate by red states and blue states, I mean, the, the whole federal government thing's kind of null and void at that time, right? Like, if that's know. how we separate? Why are we still talking about federal government after that? Well, we have, like, two, like, subsidiary federal governments that answer to the one federal government? Like a mega federal government? How does this work? No, it doesn't sound good. Hmm. Everyone I talk to says this. <laughs> They're great people. Wonderful. All of them. I love that. It's like, yeah. that's your <laughs> pure anecdotal that's, evidence. That's... I mean... According to people familiar with the matter, <laughs> that's what she says. <laughs> yeah. To me, it's the same thing as feelings. You know, it's like, yeah. well, you know, I checked with my feelings and I feel like this is the best way to do it. So everyone I talk to says this, which by the way, I, I, I'm not going to say she's all wrong in a way mm. because we do talk about this with, with Illinois. Yeah. You know, you have like Chicago and then you have the rest of Illinois and it's the same way with a lot of other places, but anyway. I just everyone I talk to says this is so funny. She says from the sick and disgusting woke culture issues shoved down our throats to the Democrats traitorous America last policies. We are donezo. She said done. I said donezo. So um, she wants a, an MDA. Yeah. The uh let's see. She had some reactions to this. Here's one. Why did I just open DaVinci Resolve? I don't want to I don't want that to be open. Go away. Resolve. I don't want your stuff So, right now. one reply here from uh, Dean Abidala. Yeah, uh, the only, I included this because i uh, got a ton of followers. Dean does. Got no clue who Dean is uh, at all. If you know, then you know. If you know, you know. Abi, Abi, Abiadala. No. Mm -hmm. He tweets back and says, this is treasonous. Period. She should be hung, man. Yeah streets for treason i hate it when people type out the word period <laughs> with a period and then put another period you this say is treasonous period 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 you say period when you're speaking if you want to emphasize 
that that's it. But typing out the word period after you typed a period, there was a period there already, man. Kind of negates the premise and then you wrote of the, the whole punctuation to begin with. You wrote the word period, which is an incomplete sentence, and then you put another period after that. Does he not have to put period after the period, period? <laughs> but don't worry, Nate, there's more. Okay. He continues on and says, All who support Green's call to end the USA should have their U.S. citizenship revoked. <laughs> period. 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 Another period. Hashtag traitors. Yeah. All who support this call should have their U.S. citizenship revoked. If you just support this idea, you're out of here. Oh. That should be, that's going to be on Dumb Bleep of the Week. Mm-hmm. I did have another thing. I, we got a few thoughts on this, but there's also a video from The View. Oh, God. And they're talking about this. They were deeply offended uh, by this idea of us not all just getting along, um, which, you, as you know, is what they're always promoting they're on the view the blue states like new york we get stuck with her so like i don't understand yeah. nobody's following her running into the like yeah. horizon of a yeah. problem uh-huh. solving person yeah. so it's, it just sounds very um uneducated and and i think this type of theorizing is really divisive yeah um i'm sure she doesn't know that the reason the civil war started was because of slavery and that it was fought over slavery mm-hmm. i'm sure she doesn't know that and so i'm sure a lot of this is coming from a place of ignorance at least that's my hope yeah. Um, but, I, but I will say there was, um, we were talking about it this morning, and I thought this was a real fringe view. But 66% of Southern Republicans are in favor of seceding from the U.S. from a 2021 poll. Um, and I would say another 2021 poll showed 60% of, of Republican, 66% of Republicans in the South supported leaving the U.S. and just forming a new country. That scares the heck out of me. But that's like a kid running away when you're a little kid. You know, they're like, I'm running away. You're awful mom. And then the reality of what that looks like on the ground, like you took your backpack, it felt good running out, and then (laughs) life is here. Like, honestly, I don't think it's being thought through very well. Now, actually, that's a pretty good point there at the end. I agree That's a great analogy. It is a good analogy. Mm -hmm. Did you do that when you were little? Uh, Yeah. I did. Once. I ran away. I actually hid from my mom as a joke. Did you? And it didn't work out well. I got in big trouble for that because the sheriff got called and everything. Yeah. You know Sheriff Faulkner? Yeah. That guy showed up to my house. Mm. I got in big trouble. Mm. Yeah, I ran away and uh, I think I was gone for like five minutes, you know. Then you missed your trailer. I was I was hungry. We were in a rental house at that point in time. Oh. Yeah. Mm. And uh, yeah, I was just kind of walking away. That one's fun. I think, no, never mind. I'm not going to talk about that on there. <laughs> Anyway, there's a few things in there that I thought were pretty good. One, they're worried about this being very divisive. This is the view, and that's Sunny Haas, and they're they're super worried about divisiveness. I love how she was like visibly shaking. Yeah, she's so good. <laughs> they are good that about this. Scares me. I'm so scared. Yeah, you're scared because you all don't have the guns. <laughs> that's why. Yeah. No, I don't actually want to do it. But this would be tough to actually follow through with. And and MTG's idea is not good anyway, wanting to separate it by red and blue states. Um, that's that's not even a good idea. She looks like she's team red. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> that must be what's going on right there. Team colors. Um separating by red and blue states, that's not a good idea. There's way more uh political lines that you could divide us between, especially for libertarians. You know, what if I don't agree with all the 
culture warrior stuff. Could we negotiate on. a small parcel of land for mm-hmm. libertarians? We will possibly we'll divorce by three. Can we get forty acres and mule for each libertarian? Every single libertarian, yeah. Probably like in the desert. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want. I put on here. I don't think we actually need a national divorce. I know that's not a popular thing to say if you're talking the libertarians and stuff. I know. It's not going to be as great as it sounds. Uh, one of the reasons it wouldn't be as great as it sounds is because of trade and uh, whether or not we could make every single thing that we need in whatever states secede, whether or not they are connected and they needed to cross through the other parts of the United States or go around. It would be very difficult to do this. The U.S., the the part, the bigger part that remains could form alliances and block, do basically blockades or whatever uh, to block other people from trading with you. Um, it wouldn't go, I think, as great as people imagine it going. It turns out it's pretty hard to start a country. Yeah. Yeah. Not the easiest thing in the mm. world. Yeah. Um, other than that, I think it sounds awesome. But everyone that Marjorie Taylor Greene talks to says, "Yeah, that's the that's the plan." And you can't deny that. You can't. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure Texas tried that once. They tried. Some mm. other states tried it too. I heard didn't work. A bunch of them did. Didn't work. Now, what I also wrote in here was that th- this idea that we need to separate by red and blue states—that's kind of like what the U.S. is supposed to be anyway. We're supposed to be fifty separate states. There's your solution. That's why I'm saying we don't need a national divorce. We need to fix the problem, and the problem is this gigantic federal government that's telling everyone what to do. And that works by states taking back their power. Now, I don't know if you put this in a stack. I, it's for tomorrow's White Pill Wednesday, so it's okay. in there. Well, yeah, Tennessee's thing was pretty good. We'll talk more about it tomorrow, but really what we need to do is for states to take back their power. Nullify. Yeah. So the states need to divorce the national government on certain terms. Yep. That weren't supposed to be there to begin with. And that's that's the actual answer. So when we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning, you know, <coughs> we love things that like, you okay over there, man? Mm-mm. I'm getting all choked up. Mm. I know this is a very emotional. Topic I mean, divorce is like death. You know, yeah. it's it's hard to, you know, weighs heavy. Mm-hmm. And we like what organizations like what Young Young Americans for Liberty are doing by getting state uh, representatives elected and fighting in local elections, and where you really have control over making liberty the primary, you know, political agenda is as local as possible. Mm-hmm. So that's what really needs to happen. Much like the sheriffs in Illinois telling the governor up yours, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to arrest people for their assault weapons, ban. for their assault yeah. weapons. Like 10th amendment center does good work on this stuff. You yes. Know? 10th amendment center, all of these folks that are doing, that's the real, that's the national divorce answer. It's yeah. the States telling the federal government, we will no longer comply. Like, no, we're not going to send you our tax money anymore. We're going we're gonna to collect from the citizens, and then we're going to decide whether you deserve our tax money or not. You know, that's, that's, what's, that's what really needs to happen. And then you would see a whole change. All right, next thing here, we're going to get on to education for a little bit, a little bit of equity, a little bit of education. We're going to go through some history. We talked real about quick. Some, I just want to make another yeah, analogy, another real quick of what of what happened, which was. But real quick before the, you the do that, the whole abortion thing. Yes, it's like you know, move to a state. If you're pro life, move to a pro life state. If you're 
pro-abortion, move to a pro-abortion state. Problem solved. Isn't it weird to be pro-abortion, though? Problem? Well, pro-choice, sorry. Pro-choice. Yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, we've you moved like, more into pro-abortion. If you like murdering babies with zero consequences, mm -hmm. then and you want to go to hell, go to a... A pro-abortion state. Girls these days act like they got some kind of punch card, like their 10th one's free or something like that. They're trying to work up towards it. It's weird. Yeah. I don't know. We changed a bunch. It's clearly joking, by the yes. way. Yeah. Clearly, that's between you and God. <laughs> to increase equity, this California high school is eliminating honors courses. This here is from Reason by Emma Camp. Thank you for writing this and allowing us to read it over there at Reason. We're going to go through some education stuff for the remainder of this episode, and we're going to be digging in. We've even talked about some of the stuff before, like a year ago, and how terribly it was going to go. As Next on the chopping block is basketball. <clears throat> anything. Football. <laughs> yeah. You know, because sometimes people are too tall. It's not fair. This is an inequitable situation that we have right here. Mm -hmm. One California high school's eliminated honors classes for ninth and 10th grade students. While school officials claim that the change was necessary to increase equity, the move has angered students and parents alike. Quote, we really feel, mm, quote, we really feel equity means offering opportunities to students of diverse backgrounds, not taking away opportunities for advanced education and study. One parent who opposed the change told the Wall Street Journal. That parent is correct about that. Unfortunately, that's not what equity means for a lot of people that promote equity. Equity just, it, it doesn't matter if you want to cut down the person who's doing better. Uh, what you think is that they're going to lift up people that are doing poorly. As long as we're all no. equally poor. No, the goal is equity. It doesn't have anything to do with your child doing better. It has to do with equity. That's it. And the easiest way to do that is by stopping the people who are doing better. That's the easiest thing mm -hmm. to do, policy-wise, to achieve equity as the goal. Which, by the way, if that's the goal then that's the proper steps. Then you achieved it. Yeah. So uh, starting this school year, Culver City High School, a public school in a middle-class suburb of L.A., eliminated its honors English classes for ninth and 10th graders. Instead, students are only able to enroll in one course called College Prep English. The decision, according to school administrators, came after teachers noticed that only a small number of black and Hispanic students were enrolling in the AP courses. Quote, it was very jarring when teachers looked at their AP enrollment and realized that black and brown kids were not there. They felt obligated to do something, the, said the district superintendent. Latino students made up 13% of the 12th grade AP English students, despite comprising 37% of the student body, while black students made up 14% of the AP English students, while compromising 15% of the student body. Comprising. What'd I say? Compromising. Compromising. Comprising. Whichever way. Mm -hmm. Compromise 15% of the body. You know? <laughs> because they're black? 14% of AP English students, and there's 15% of the students are black, and 14% of the students enrolled were black. That's, so, a 1% problem? Dang, that's too many. And that's inequitable? Yeah. Quote, school officials say the goal is to teach everyone with an equal level of rigor, one that encourages them to enroll in advanced classes in their final years of high school. Emma Fregola. By the way, they enroll in these? Like, if they, they can take them if they want to? Yes. 
And they're choosing not to enroll in them? That is correct. But then they... Yep. So everybody has the choice. Yeah. You're saying everyone has a... I think that you need to be able to pass. I don't know if everyone gets accepted into it or not. I actually don't know exactly mm. how it's made up. Um, okay. Emma, a ninth grader at the school, added that the curriculum has been made easier to accommodate less advanced students. Quote, for a unit on research, she said her teacher gathered all the reference sources they needed to write a paper on whether graffiti is art or vandalism and had students review them together in class. And uh, the, I stopped it right there because that way you don't have to do any work. Yeah, you don't want to have to do any work. And also you want to have your students and don't actually tell them the answer. But you want to have your students talking about, well, is graffiti actually just art? It's not really vandalism. Mm. That person was wrong about what they wanted the side of their building to look like. And I'm right. And it's mine. I made it better. <laughs> this is better now. Yeah. Now the side of the building is priceless. We're going to uh, get into something not to this article yet. Um, so I went down a rabbit hole. We're going to be talking about um, whether or not math is racist. It is. It is. We'll clearly. start from that premise. We don't actually yeah. have to spend any time on that, do we? <laughs> we already know. Um, this person, uh, this the 74, by the way, this whole thing was funded by, uh, they got a million bucks from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Pretty nice. Can right answers be wrong? No. <laughs> Latest clash over white supremacy culture unfolds in unlikely arena. Math class. This is the first. <laughs> the way your eyes got <laughs> wide. Can right answers be wrong? <laughs> that That's a complete contradiction. Now, um, the other problem is, can wrong answers be right? People have decided that that can also, yes, that can be true. That wrong answers can be right. Mm. We've been telling kids this for a while. It's like a participation trophy kind of thing. Two you know? plus two does equal five. Yeah. That's right. Um, we've talked about this before, and I went back and listened to it today. This pathway to equitable math instruction. Dismantling racism in mathematics instruction. Mm. And so we went through a little bit. This is from May 2021. And the other thing was from uh, 2020, I believe. Now, look at some of the terms. Before they get going through here, they want they want you to know terms used in the engagement section of this resource are ideas presented in the Dismantling Racism Workbook 2016. Grounded on the work of Jones and Oaken, it is important to read this article first to fully understand the terms that are identified as characteristics of white supremacy culture and organizations. We contextualize these ideas into the math classroom to make visible how white supremacy culture plays out in these spaces. As a visual indicator, we italicize the terms used to identify white supremacy characteristics. As defined by Jones and Okun in, 20, in 2001, they are as follows. So these are all... These are white supremacy characteristics. Okay. Charlie, what are they? <clears throat> Perfectionism. White supremacy. Sense of urgency. Mm -hmm. Defensiveness. Quantity over quality. Mm. Worship of the written word. Paternalism. Either or thinking. <laughs> Power hoarding. <laughs> Fear of open conflict. 
individualism. Individualism. Very white, mm. white supremacy thing, yeah. Only one right way. Progress is bigger, more. No, progress is less, smaller. That's what you want. Objectivity. Mm. Right to comfort. What does that even mean? White supremacy. White supremacy. Okay. We know what it means. Inherently, we know what that means. They're attacking our way of life. <laughs> oh, God. So a little bit more on this, and I'll tell you why we're doing this here in a minute. Okay, don't worry. This all leads to a point. Just hang on by the seat of your britches. There is a plan. So as you roll through this workbook, we got deconstructing racism and mathematics instruction. White supremacy culture infiltrates math classrooms and everyday teacher actions. Coupled with the beliefs that underlie these actions, they perpetuate educational harm on black Latinx and multilingual students, denying them full access to the world of mathematics. The part where the numbers don't matter and you can do whatever you feel like. Mathematics. Whose line is it anyway? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's what that is, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> where the points are made up and yeah. the games don't matter. I forgot about that. Great show. So there's a table here below. Not like a table you like sit at, like this one. Like a table with stuff on it. Like a table, like a data table. This is what for teachers to roll through. And we'll roll through just the things I have boxed out right here. Engaging and supporting all students in learning. They got to work on. There's greater focus. Here's, here's part of the problem process that Charlie, the teachers in your life, need to work on. Okay. Greater focus on getting the right answer than understanding the concepts and reasoning. Independent practice is valued over teamwork or collaboration. Uh, contrived word problems are valued over the math in students' lived experiences. They, they literally are complaining that these word problems are like, oh, so a train is traveling from Paris to yeah. wherever it goes. It's meant to confuse you. No, they're like, this train... I can't do it. Never mind. Oh. No, no, I can't okay. do it. All right. And then we also have control of classrooms. Now, look, yeah. I will say some of this I don't necessarily disagree with. And this is how nuanced I can be. I know. Okay. Because the greater focus on getting the right answer than understanding concepts and reasoning, I obviously think you need the right answer, but it's more important to teach kids to critically think. True. Right. To, to understand the underlying, like why does something work the way that it works? <clears throat> which is why, which we, which is weird because they made a show of our work in math. Mm -hmm. We can get away with just the right answer. It's true. We had to, I used to take a whole page to prove how two f divided by four is a fraction of a number. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so some of these I don't, I wouldn't say I necessarily disagree with, but I, I wouldn't say that that's racist. That's one of the problems is that all of this, if you do these things, that's rooted in white supremacy and racism towards people. And the idea also is that these specific things, this is harmful to black and brown Latinx people, uh, that, that only the white people really can handle this thing. That's why they, they will end up coming out with better test scores. So this is all rooted in the white supremacist system. Uh, that we have. They also have control of classroom is valued over students' agency over their learning. 
And this is a part where they teach teachers that the students need agency over how they learn in the classroom and that you shouldn't value having control over the way that your classroom is operating and that it's actually the kids who should decide this. Meaning they can do whatever the hell they that's want. That's what it eventually leads including to, Including yes. not doing any of their work. Yeah. that That's mm. what we have right now. Yeah. Um, is our students that have agency over their learning. Because guess what? Kids are stupid. All right? And they don't think about the future the way... It, everyone has a hard time thinking about the future. Now, maybe when you get older, you think a little bit better about the future than kids do. But kids don't understand why things are important. Sometimes you got to make them do stuff and they'll learn eventually that it's important. But then they contradict themselves. I don't think you box this one in, but they contradict themselves at the very bottom saying students are required to show their work in standardized prescribed ways. Mm -hmm. So wait, do you want them to understand the concepts of them no, getting to the answer? You want to validate that they well, understand? They're saying them? show their work in standardized ways. How so, else are you supposed to validate that they understand? Well, whatever way that they got to it is right for them and their lived experience. <sighs> okay. I know what you're thinking. None of this stuff matters. Let's build a little bit more. Let's build just a little bit more. The common practices that perpetuate white supremacy culture create and sustain institu institutional and systemic barriers to equity for black, Latinx, and multilingual, or did that, in order to embody anti-racist math education. Teachers must engage in critical praxis that interrogates the ways. Is that interrogates? Yeah, the ways in which they perpetuate white supremacy culture in their own classrooms, and develop a plan toward anti-racist math education to address issues of equity for Black, Latinx, and multilingual students. Can we just say everyone but white kids? Why do we got to list out everyone? Just say everyone but white kids. There's no Asians in there. Looks like true. Asians are doing just fine. They are. They're doing better. And that's because white apparently supremacy. all of our systems are tailored towards Asian people. Our white supremacist systems mm -hmm. tailor to Asians. Let's build just a little bit more, but Charlie. This is, what's so crazy about this is every kid goes through the same thing. Mm -hmm. They all have the same standards. You could. Is there a problem with the school system? Absolutely. I don't disagree with that one bit. Do they? Are they kind of set up like factory shops, you could say? Bells ringing, lining up, making sure you're supposed to clock in and clock out, do the bidding of the government. Mm -hmm. I could agree with that. I could agree that there should be more critical thinking skills taught mm -hmm. in schools that maybe, it, you know, you shouldn't be doing things just for the right answer without kids understanding how you got there. See, I think this is what separates excelling students from ones that don't excel very much. There is a, to me, there's like a personality trait that you, like, you want to get to the bottom of everything. You know, like, if Nate came and told me a random fact, I would be like, why? Mm -hmm. Well, that doesn't make any sense. How'd you get there? You know, like, and then there's a lot of people who are like, yeah, I don't really care. You know, ice cream tastes delicious. I don't care how it's made. I just like that it's ice cream. You know? I think knowing why is important. Well, but... There's a certain proclivity for that, I think. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you teach kids that concept, which teaches them to critically think, by the way, they become better students. And then by becoming better students, they get the right answer more often. And then by getting the right answer more often, then you're better equipped for life to critically think when problems present themselves in life because they do. What, what I'm most concerned about is that 
we and sometimes all... if you pick the wrong answer, by the way, you're dead yeah. in life. That's true. So yeah. maybe trying to get the right answer would be a good thing. I don't know. Yeah. You're trying Just to throw that out there. Trying to defuse a bomb and they're like, cut the fourth wire from the left. And you're like, well, I'm just going to cut this one because that's how I feel. <laughs> no, I said fourth wire from the left. Okay. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. uh, and they're like one. Oh, like, I don't know. I'm just going <laughs> to, what is it? Blue. I choose. I'm going to use blue because the Democrat party uses that one. So I'm just going to cut this wire. <laughs> Now, uh, let's build some more, Charlie. We're not to the point yet. Okay. Um, go on with this article. All right. Baltimore City School uh, Public Schools promoted student with 0.13 GPA while spending a $1.4 billion budget. This is another 2021 article, but we're building. It's from Forbes. Yeah. A Baltimore mom recently learned her high school senior had a 0.13 GPA, yet ranked 62 out of 120 in his class. Right in the middle. Right down the middle. With a 0.13. I think on a 4.0 scale, that's averaging failing. Not good. By the way. The student had flunked all but three classes during his first three years of high school. The district ran a $1.4 billion budget for 78,000 students, a cost of $18,000 per pupil. So mm. here's the, it's, that's not enough. It's not we enough. know that. Now, um, before you go on to this, let's look through this guy right here. Now, they talked about the Baltimore City Public Schools top 10 salaries here. Okay. What's a CEO even? They're CEOs of schools? Must be now. What's that? Hmm. Chief of schools, 200K. The CEO is making 333. Chief of staff? 339, if you look at total oh, earnings. Oh, total earnings, mm -hmm. yeah. 218 for chief of schools. We've talked a bunch, and we don't have to go through all this stuff. There's too much administration. You see, you give a school more and more money, not a lot of it's going to raising teacher pay. I love that people like Bernie Sanders are out there saying that we got to raise teacher pay. It's a great... Dude, these are all government employees, okay? I love it when people in the government go out and complain about what the government pays people. It's hilarious. <laughs> do it more, please. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay? Uh, but what they do is they hire more administration. Illinois is one of the worst places about this. More bureaucracy everywhere you go. Tennessee's bad at it, too. They pay a lot of money. Wait, so people. they have a they have a chief <clears throat> they have a chief operating officer, a chief achievement and accountability officer? I don't even think these are real titles at organizations. Yeah, the, Chief Communications and Community Engagement Officer. Chief Human Capital Officer. Mm. I guess there's a Chief Financial Officer because there's a Deputy Chief Financial Officer. And that guy, the principal up there, he's winning. And then, just so you know, there's associate to everything that you just heard. There's assistant to the associate of the everything that you just heard. There is a vice to everything that you just heard. And so let's roll through this article real quick. This is still not the point that we're leading to. Go ahead, Chuck. All right. Full-time teachers paid $335 million. Those 4,500 teachers were paid $335 million collectively and cost taxpayers more than $100,000 each when adding perks and pension benefits. In contrast, the Baltimore Catholic schools pay teachers an average of $40,000 per year versus seventy-five. dollars 
The Catholic schools went back to school last September for in-person instruction. $700,000 paid to hall monitors with no kids in the halls for nine months. Baltimore paid 24 hall monitors for the entire year at a cost to taxpayers of $700,000. If the students weren't at school, why were hall monitors necessary? They were Zoom monitors. <laughs> they turned from yeah. hall monitors to Zoom monitors, making <laughs> sure you still ask permission to go to the bathroom in your own house on Zoom. Office, uh, Office of Equity, Healing Racial Trauma. Baltimore City Public Schools Office of Equity, a three-person, $235,000 office, paid its executive director, Tracy Durant, $143,800 in 2020. It offers a two-day introduction to racial equity seminar for staff and makes available resources, some of which discuss fighting white silence. Resources on its website note, quote, white people have a role in undoing racism because white people created and, for the most part, currently maintain, whether they want to or not, the racist system that benefits white people to the detriment of people of color. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. After the story broke about the senior with a less than 1% GPA, Baltimore Mayor, uh, Mayor Brandon Scott implied that education lapses in city schools were tied to a lack of funding. Who would have thought? Lack of funding. The mayor faced a swift rebuke from Maryland's Public Policy Institute director, Christopher Summons, or Christia, who said the city doesn't have an underfunding problem, but instead an overspending problem. Baltimore City alone is spending 25.2% above the national average, he said. But of course, spending problem. They don't have enough money. Too much racism. One of the big deals that they've mm. had. Whether you want to yeah. or not, you're participating and perpetuating this white supremacist system. Yep. Now that goes back to uh, 2021. And then we got the more recent one from a couple weeks ago. Not one student was proficient in math in 23 Baltimore schools. Zero students proficient in math. Now, were they proficient in feelings? <laughs> Did they feel better about what their community was doing? Maybe they had better worded tests on things. Hope, I'm not sure. I hope, I hope they were proficient in something. The Maryland State Department of Education recent, recently released Baltimore students' 2022 test results, which revealed that 93% of third through eighth graders tested below their grade level of math after analyzing a local news outlet found 23 city schools were not a, where not a single student tested proficient in math. The nearly two dozen schools with abysmal test scores including included 10 high schools, eight elementary schools, three middle and high schools, and two elementary and middle schools. In total, 2,000 students at those learning institutions took the math assessment and zero scored at grade level. They also revealed that another 20 schools had just one or two students with grade level math scores. So if you put that filter up to who's got more than two, uh, that would be more like f over 40 schools do not have at least two students that are proficient in math. Jesus. The city of Baltimore's Maryland Comprehensive Assessment Program test results were the lowest in the state. Only 7% of third through eighth grade students scored proficient. In addition, less than 15% of students in four additional Maryland cities scored proficient. Uh, Giovanni Patterson, a city resident who filed a lawsuit against Baltimore City Schools last year, alleging the district failed to educate Students, and thereby misused taxpayer dollars, said, uh, we, the taxpayer, are funding our own demise. 
It just sounds like these schools now have turned into essentially babysitters with no accountability. That's exactly what they turned into. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, Patterson argued the city schools failed to prepare students for real-world situations, uh, saying the kids can't do math. You're not preparing them to buy groceries. You're not preparing them to do accounting, to count their own money, preparing them to read contracts and negotiate salaries. But uh, I guess they might feel better about stuff. Is there less racism? That's what I want to know. By God, there better be. There better be less racism. Uh, The governor, Wes Moore, who previously lived in Baltimore, announced last week during the State of the State address that his top priority is improving public education. I bet that's going to come with more money. Quote, we made the largest investment in public education by any governor in our state's history. And they're doing worse. And they're just doing worse. Uh, Governor Moore's office did not respond for requests regarding last year's test results. Baltimore City Schools told the news outlet that the district is taking steps to improve test scores. Probably hire uh, some more administrators, I bet. They could do that. Uh, By expanding professional development for teachers, implementing summer learning programs, and providing an extended learning period at the end of the school day. What? Why? Just do it during the school day. Yeah, do it during during school. There's a problem, and it's not... Because every time they do that, through the summer learning programs, they do extended learning. They're going to be paying out more money every time they do that. And that's fine. The kids, now they do need extended learning sessions. They do. Uh, But there's another problem, which is why aren't the kids learning anything during the normal school day? Because it is possible to learn things during the school day. God, this last quote. Oh, we're confident these instructional strategies will help us regain the momentum and progress we experienced before the pandemic. Always an out. It's the pandemic's fault. It's COVID's fault. COVID's fault, Charlie. COVID destroyed healthcare. It destroyed the economy. It destroyed supply chains, destroyed education. COVID brought death to many more things than human beings. I know. Now, uh, listen, that that anti-racist math thing, Uh, I'm not saying that Baltimore implemented that. That wasn't the point. This idea has been implemented in everyone's brains over the last several years, whether they're going through the specific workbook or not. And this idea of equity that we also talked about uh, from the California school, like that's what people care about right now. Let's make sure that we're not uh, perpetuating white supremacist culture, uh, which I don't remember all the stuff on that list, but it was completely ridiculous. Like all the things that make you a productive human being is white supremacist culture. And let's make sure that we have equity. And it's not going to be by doing, uh, letting people do better, um, helping people do better. It's going to be by getting rid of the people that are doing better. That way everyone's equal. Equally poor, just like the ideology that they're teaching everyone. And and lowering the standards. Mm -hmm. You know, it's much like women in the military, right? (laughs) I'm serious. We have time for this? <laughs> just, real You're quick. opening up a whole can of worms right now. Just real quick. Yeah. If you wouldn't interject and cut me off. I know. With your, whatever you're doing. Uh, saying really good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, look. I know. It's like women in the military. I have no problem with it. I bet you don't. It's just, you got to pass the same test. Mm-hmm. That's what's actually fair. Those sexist tests. <laughs> You want to perpetuate. There has to be a standard of which to measure. Otherwise, you can't measure. Mm-hmm. There has to be some kind of standard. I got you. And yeah, I bet you want to set that standard, don't you, Charlie? I don't want to set it. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm not saying I don't like the military. I just, I don't think I would sign up for it unless I 
was absolutely neat. Like if America was yeah. invaded. I mean, we know for sure that you, you you didn't sign up for the military. Neither did mm-hmm. I. Nope. It's like like a for sure thing. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, yeah, women in the military. That's what. Now, now I don't remember what we were talking about. Racist education. Racist education. Equality. That's the problem that Equity. we have right now. Uh, get your kids out of the schools if you can. If you got a way to do it. Unless they're in good schools. Unless they're in a good school. <laughs> then it's you fine. Know? If you can afford what Charlie did to send his kid to the best school in Tennessee, then that's fine. Yeah. All right? But uh, not everyone can do that. You know, but if you got a voucher program, use your voucher program. And if, if you want I, it, you can keep it. I do like how the Catholic school system did way better. And probably because they're all white supremacists. Well, yeah. Yeah, white supremacist Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Who also, you know, those Irish Catholics in mm-hmm. Baltimore, you know? Absolutely. Crazy boondoggles. What's that movie? God, what's that movie? The problem is that um, it's not the money. It's the way that they run the schools. They need more competition. They need less bureaucracy. They're like little they're like little examples of why our government is so terrible. Is there a board that can fire the CEO? Probably not. No, the you know the teachers union. There's the other problem. The freaking yeah, teachers talked union. Talked about the teachers God. union. Worse, yeah. just like police unions. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That what they do is they prevent people who would otherwise be fired from being fired. They don't help good people. They only help people who wouldn't be there without the union. That's the only thing a union does. How about this idea? You know, we keep fighting the left, let's say, on, you know. Dan said boondock saints. Boondock that saints. That's what about? I was thinking about, yeah. The Irish Catholics. Mm. Good movie, by the way. I've never seen it. Really? Mm-mm. It's pretty, like, gory and stuff. You'd like it. Here's what I'm thinking. Okay. Here's a solution I propose. Okay. Instead of fighting the left on saying like, oh, you don't need more money, whatever. Let's give it to them. Whatever they want, whatever you say will solve the problem, we'll give it to you and you have like five years. Mm, That's not enough. And see if your plan will work. Can you devise a plan that will work in... Let's give give them 10 years. You devise a plan that will work in 10 years. We'll stay out of your way. You can have all the money you need for education. You can fix education in 10 years. You just need this much money, whatever it is. Give them what they want. Put a timeline on. And then if it doesn't work at the end of the 10 years, then you'd be like, obviously you were wrong. I understand that idea and I agree with the spirit but the problem is we're already we already do that. They just get more money all the time. I guess it's never enough. But whatever it is. Yeah, but we don't actually make say. them present a plan and then follow up at the on end, whether or not that plan works. At the end of your 10-year experiment, they would have a reason for why they were just kind of wrong about the amount of money and turns out we released another pandemic during that time. <laughs> And people can go, they'd have something else to blame it on. We're in World War III the with China The next 10-year cycle, Russia. they just need more. That's, that's all it would be. It's always more. Never enough. They literally are saying that, they don't, that their problem is funding in Baltimore. Funding. Funding. <laughs> it's not the problem. Oh, man. Uh, well, we don't have time to go into the whole culture war again. No. Nope. Maybe tomorrow. 
We'll see. But tomorrow's uh, White Pill Wednesday. It is still in the stack. It is. <laughs> it's still in the... But we are out of time for today. So if you enjoyed oh, Nate's... That's good stuff. Dang it. If you enjoyed Nate's racist comments on today's show... Oh, that's why they're here. <laughs> please <laughs> smash that subscribe or follow button. Share the show with a friend, a family member, or foe. Sign up for the Fed Haters Club, goodmorninglibertyus or godhatesfeds.com. Mainly godhatesfeds.com. We also have some new merch. Go check it out. Support the show in any way that you can, even if that's the easy way. You can retweet a tweet. You can like a post. You can watch some of our videos. Subscribe on YouTube. There's all sorts of free ways to support the show. Feed the algorithms. We are in the trenches every single day fighting Mm -hmm. for liberty and your right to hear us comment on it. Yep. And uh, for free, by the way. Unless you Except want to, for the people that are hanging out with us right unless now. Unless you want to sign up yeah. and support so we can keep doing it. Do all those things, and then we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning. Liberty. That's right.